God is uh, omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He has all power. So God's the only one who knows the future. And so we have to go to the Bible to find out what the future holds. And I think people are, are they're interested in it. Uh, I think, you know, when, when things in the world are kind of going fine, people kind of lose interest a little bit. But all of a sudden, when things begin to get dark and difficult, you know, people want to know, hey, where's this all headed? And they want to be reassured that things are going to ultimately be okay. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today I'm here with author Mark Hitchcock, who wrote End Time Survival Guide. Say hi, Mark. Hi, how are you doing? I am just fantastic. I'm super excited to talk to you about your new book. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about it? Well, it's a book. The title of it is uh, The End Time Survival Guide. And of course, when people hear that immediately, they think about, you know, physical survival or, you know, being a prepper or something like that. But uh, the subtitle of the book is 10 Biblical Strategies for Faith and Hope in These Uncertain Times. So it's about spiritual survival, and really how to survive and thrive uh, spiritually in these times in which we live. And I, you know, I think that everybody uh, who's listening would, would certainly agree that, the, you know, the world today seems to become an increasingly dark place. And, you know, sometimes we look at our world today and it kind of seems on the verge of coming apart. There's you know, just kind of a, a Niagara of bad news out there constantly. And, um, you know, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're kind of being uh, falling under attack as well. You know, there's an old saying, there's a saying that, uh, you know, we, we used to play on kind of have a home field advantage as Christians here in America. Now we're kind of always the away team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of always on, you know, playing on the on the enemy's field. And so I think we all sense that in these times. And so I wrote this book, and it's just 10 very practical things that we need to have as believers in our lives that the Bible relates to um, standing strong as the end draws near uh, to help us as as believers to be able to survive and thrive in in difficult days. I love it. Can you tell me some of those little strategies? Sure, yeah. I've got got kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more creative names for some of them, like uh, one of them, the first one I call uh, the 46 defense. Now, again, this is a, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. So <laughs> I was back like, in it 19... sounds like a football play. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, back in 1985, the Chicago Bears ran a defense called the 46 defense, and it was, you know, the probably the greatest defense of all time. And But I use this uh, for, 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 for Philippians 4-6. Um, in the Bible, Philippians 4-6 is a great verse that says, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So uh, Jesus said back in Luke 12, you know, as, as the, the, the times grow darker in the end times, that people are going to be weighed down with the worries of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we certainly see that today. And so I go to Philippians 4.6 and give what I call the 46 defense against worry and anxiety and, and stress and all of those kinds of things that people face today. There's an old friend of mine years ago that I studied the Bible with. He was an older guy, and he kind of had a lot of corny statements. But sometimes things that are kind of corny stick with you. And he used to have an old statement. He'd say, when in a fix, go to Philippians 4.6. <laughs> I like that. And uh, I've always remembered that. I mean, you know, again, it's kind of corny, but uh, it's stuck in my mind. And so, you know, that's one of the strategies is just we're, we're prone to worry about all kinds of things in our world today. And, uh, you know, the 46 defense is a protection God's given us against that. That's a great point, though, because we are prone to worrying. And I know as Christians, we're particularly attracted to the end times and we like to freak out about it. And we're obsessed with apocalyptic literature. So what is it about the end times that just really draws us in and kind of gets our attention? 
Well, you know, people want to know where everything's headed. I mean, there's a natural kind of an innate desire within people. You know, that's why, you know, people go to psychics and, uh, you know, they, they like to, you know, go to these uh, hotlines and all these kind of things. I mean, you know, people want to find out, hey, what's the future hold? And we want to know what the future holds for the world, but we also want to know what it holds for ourselves. So, uh, you know, there's all kinds of programs on TV about Nostradamus, and there's, a, there's just a lot of attraction to those kinds of things. But the only place we can find information, though, reliable information about the future is the Bible. Um, only God is uh, omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He has all power. So God's the only one who knows the future, and so we have to go to the Bible to find out what the future holds. And I think people are, are they're interested in it. Uh, I think, you know, when, when things in the world are kind of going fine, people kind of lose interest a little bit. But all of a sudden, when things begin to get dark and difficult, you know, people want to know, hey, where's this all headed? And they want to be reassured that things are going to ultimately be okay. Mm-hmm. I know that as the online news director for Charisma, if I post a story about the end times, people will click on it faster than anything else. Our audience is obsessed with that. And so in a way, though, there's kind of a fear mongering that happens that I notice in the comments. Why can this be dangerous? Well, you know, I think a lot of people uh, that, that write in the area of prophecy get into a lot of kind of speculation about all kinds of things and begin to set dates, in which the Bible, you know, clearly forbids. Jesus said, you know, no one knows the day or the hour. You know, people try to figure out who the Antichrist is, um, you know, and, and name somebody. And I always tell people, I don't think the Antichrist is going to appear till after the rapture. So I say, if you ever figure out who the Antichrist is, I got bad news for you, you've been <laughs> left behind, you know. So you don't want to know who the Antichrist is. Um, but there's a lot of speculation out there about a lot of things, and we need to just stick with what the Bible says. What the Bible says is really uh, exciting enough. We don't need to, you know, uh, you know, decorate it anymore with a lot of with a lot of wild speculation. But we we need to remember that the that God gave Bible prophecy to us not to scare us, but to prepare us, mm-hmm. and uh, not to make us anxious, but to make us aware of what's happening and to call us to live godly lives in light of that. So I think we need to remember why God has told us about the future, and it's not just to satisfy our curiosity, but it's to to prepare us now in our lives the way we live in light of that, believing Christ could come at any moment. We want to live a life that's faithful to Him. Absolutely. So what is a personal thing that you've done to prepare for that? Well, you know, what I try to do is just walk with the Lord every day. I mean, I think sometimes we can make the spiritual life. We're always looking for some silver bullet or some big, you know, incredible thing we can go out and do for the Lord. But, you know, to me, the the Christian life and the Christian walk boils down to some very basic, simple things. Uh, We read the Bible every day. We pray. uh, We go to church regularly and be with God's people. Uh, We find out what our spiritual gift is, and we use that and serve the people of God. We give. Um, we fellowship with God's people, find like-minded believers to fellowship with. To me, you just do those things over and over again consistently, and you grow spiritually. And uh, you just have a consistent walk with God in that way. And so, to me, that's what I do. I'm not looking at any big, you know, fancy thing I'm going to go out and do. You know, a lot of people are looking for some spiritual shortcut. Well, there aren't any. <laughs> it's just it's the it's doing the basic things that God's called us to do day after day. Um, it's it's keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, allowing him to control our life and fill us, um, you know. Those are, and, and that's what that's what a lot of these chapters are about. You know, I've got one chapter called "Remain Under the Influence." It's about being filled with the Spirit. Mm, um, that's if we're good. Gonna, if we're going to live in these times, we got to be spirit-filled. Um, 
you know, I've got one in here about putting on the armor of God. You know, you got to be dressed in the full armor of God to stand against the the uh, schemes of the devil. So, you know, it's just doing these basic things and doing them day in and day out and consistently that will will stand us in good stead and, and give us a deep, rich, um, intimate walk with Christ, which is really the ultimate thing that all of us need as we await His coming. Absolutely, and that is so important as we move forward each and every day, regardless of when Jesus is coming, is we have to live under the Spirit, because there's no other way to face the day. Now, you had mentioned something, a question before, that I didn't forget, I just was trying to make sure I had everything covered, is you mentioned the rapture, and that's something our audience loves to discuss. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal views on it? Sure. Um, there's another book um, that I wrote uh, a while back with a guy named Ed Heinsen. Um, uh, Ed, Ed Heinsen and I wrote this book called Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? So if some of the listeners are really interested in that specific topic, go look at that book. And we wrote the book because a lot of people nowadays are saying they don't even believe in the rapture, a lot of Christians, professing Christians. Um, so we wrote this book, and what we want to do is defend the idea that we believe in pre-trib rapture. And again, if people don't agree with us on that, we're not mad at them. We don't think they're stupid or whatever. But what we want to do is lay out the evidence for why we believe pre-trib rapture is biblical. You know, a lot of people just think pre-trib rapture is kind of a you know tabloid Christianity or something that you know left behind books made up or something like that. And we wanted to show people in that book that there's biblical solid evidence for the pre-tribulation view. So that's the view I hold. I believe that Jesus could come back at any moment. And uh, only only someone who believes in pre-trib can legitimately say every day, hey, perhaps today, you know, today may be the Jesus the day that Jesus comes back. Mm. So you know, I, I get up and I, I try to live with that hope every day, and so I believe in pre-trib rapture. I think it's the rapture is the next main event on God's prophetic calendar, and that's what we're to be looking for. The Bible says we're to be looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians 1.10, he says we're to be waiting up, you know, for his Son from heaven. So that's the expectancy we're to live with, is that Christ could come back at any moment. Mm, absolutely. Now, I know from looking at the news on a daily basis, I'm like, we're in a Matthew 24 time. What are some of the signs of the end times that you see happening right now? Well, one of the main things, in fact, you know, it's often been called the super sign of the end times, is the return and regathering of the Jewish people in their land. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because so many of the other uh, prophecies in the Bible are contingent upon the Jews being back in their land. For instance, you know, the event that starts the what's called the seven-year tribulation period in this future time of trouble for the earth, the Bible says is that this final world ruler, the Antichrist, is going to make a seven-year treaty with Israel. Well, you know, you can't make a seven-year treaty with Israel if Israel doesn't exist. So they have to be back in their land, and they are. And you know, 1948, 6% of the Jews in the world lived in Israel. Today it's closing in on 50%. Wow. So, you know, the, the Jewish people are there, they're back in their land, and that is a, a major sign of the, of the times, that they're there, just as the Bible predicted. Um, I look at other signs, you know, one of the signs I look at is globalism. You know, the Bible says that the final world ruler, the Antichrist, is going to have a global empire. It's going to be a, an economic empire, a, a global one-world political empire, a, a one-world religious system. So, you know, we have the globalism today through technology and all the various things we have where one person could ultimately come in at some point and rule the world mm. and uh, dominate the world economy. So there's things like that. Also in, in, in the Middle East, you see uh, the, the Ezekiel 38, 39 prophecy that talks about Russia 
mm-hmm. and a group of Islamic nations invading Israel in the end times. Is that and the, the Gog and Magog one? Yeah, Gog and Magog. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I want to make uh, yeah, sure I was following. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, and, and in that passage, you have Rosh and Magog, which probably are modern-day Russia. You have, a, a, you have Persia mentioned, which is modern-day Iran. You have Meshach and Tubal and Gomer and Togarma, which those ancient places are in modern-day Turkey. I mean, you look at our news today, Russia, Iran, Turkey. I mean, this is the kind of the triumvirate of nations that are uh, most opposed to Israel. So, you know, here, there we have, you know, kind of the stage being set, if you will, for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39, mm-hmm. which I think that's fascinating because you think about this, Ezekiel 38 and 39 was written over 2,500 years ago, and it tells us Israel will be back in their land in the end. Russia, Iran, Turkey, some other nations that are mentioned there are going to invade Israel in the end. I mean, you know, it reads like today's headlines. So that's another uh, proof to us or confirmation. It should be that the Bible is true. It's the Word of God. Mm. That is an excellent point. Now, do you think there are things that we can do to speed up or slow down Christ's coming? Well, in Second uh, Peter, it talks about hastening, you know, the, de- the, the coming you know, of, of this day, of, of the day of God. Um, that passage, the two things in the context there, I think, that, that speak to that probably are evangelism. Um, you know, as, as more people are one to Christ, you know, the, the, in Matthew 24, 14, you know, this gospel of the, of the kingdom, we preach in the whole world, and the end will come. Um, so I think in the context here in Second Peter 3, he goes on down to talk about how God's patience and his waiting and apparent delay in Christ's coming is for salvation for people. So that would intimate that we can speed it up by evangelism, Mm -hmm. but also I think probably by prayer, you know, where Jesus taught us to pray, you know, thy kingdom come, you know, thy will be done. So, again, when we look at hastening his coming, obviously God has a date on his calendar when Christ will come, so it's not like we're changing God's mind, but... It's interesting, and kind of this gets a little bit complicated theologically, but, you know, God has not only determined the end, that is what he's going to do, but he's determines the mean, he determines the means to that end. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our prayer and our evangelism, God can work that in as part of the means to the end to the time that he set for the coming of Christ. So that's a, a little bit maybe hopefully not too <laughs> convoluted of an answer, but, you know, the Bible does say we can speed it up, but, you know, it's not by going out and you know, blowing up things or whatever. You know, like some other religion. Please don't do blow it, things do up. I don't want that. No, that's right. No, we. You know, that's not what it. That's not what it's about. But I'm just saying, some other religions. You know, to talk. You know, they they think they can hasten the coming of their Messiah by you know causing war and all that. That's not what the Bible says. I mean, that's a great point, though. Is I think the Islamic Messiah is the Modi, something along those lines. Yeah, the and Mahdi, yeah. with everything that is happening with the rise of the Islamic State and other terror cell organizations, is this yet another sign of the times that Christ is close to being here? Well, I think it is. Sure, there's just there's just this messianic expectation, you know, that people have even in other religions. You know, the, the, the time's winding down. You know, I always like to say, wherever you go today and you meet people, everybody kind of has this collective sense that this world is getting near closing time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, other religions have it. You're right, the, the, in, in Islam, especially uh, Shiite Muslims, are, you know, they're at a, a fever pitch, many of them, you know, looking for the coming of their Mahdi, and they think they can hasten his coming. But they think they can hasten his coming by creating chaos, you know, here on the earth and mm-hmm. all of that, which is frightening because, you know, like in Iran is a Shiite nation, and they, they're trying to get nuclear weapons. That's not the kind of people you want to have nuclear weapons. 
You're absolutely right. And even as we're talking, I'm like, this is kind of freaking me out. But your book is actually, it's about hope. It's about understanding oh, sure. that. So what hope can we have right now? Well, we have hope every day that, uh, you know, in our, in our lives now, that God can give us peace and comfort amidst the circumstances of life. Um, you know, it's God's presence that really gives us our security. Um, I've got a, a chapter in the book called uh, Find Your Frady Hole. Um, <laughs> I live here in Oklahoma, you know, and uh, we have a lot of hur- a lot of tornadoes mm-hmm. here. And uh, every house pretty much, like we, we have a, at our house, we have a, a, out in the garage, we have a, a storm shelter down there in the floor. And they here they call it your Frady Hole. When you're afraid, you go down in there. I like it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people today are looking around. There's a lot to be afraid of. And, and, and I look there at Psalm 46, um, which is a beautiful passage about God as our refuge, and he's our strength. He's a present help in time of trouble. And uh, so really God's presence in uh, Psalm 46 there, that, that's our spiritual Frady Hole that we go to. It's the presence of God. It gives us uh, the security that we need in, in difficult times like we face. So, you know, we have hope in this life, but most of all, as believers, we have hope in the life to come. Again, that the coming of Jesus is called the blessed hope, because this world doesn't have any hope other outside of the coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at hope in the elections that happened recently or hope in some political leader or whatever, certainly we appreciate people who are in politics. I'm glad we have godly people there and uh, they're, you know, governments appointed by God to, to rule on his behalf. But that's not our ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is, is in the Lord, and um, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. And he's coming back someday, Jesus is, as King of kings and Lord of lords to rule and reign on this earth. I mean, he's going to set up a kingdom that will never end. And uh, that, that's the ultimate hope that we have as believers. And uh, so as we face trials and difficulties here, you know, one of my old friends used to say, the darker the outlook, the brighter the uplook. Amen. And, uh, you know, the uplook is, is the uplook's always bright. I love it. So tell me a little bit about the spiritual lessons and the concepts that you learned just as you were beginning to write these things down to share with others. Well, the, the book that I've written, The End Time Survival Guide, is just a, you know, it's really a compilation. I've been a pastor for 27 years um, at a church here in Edmond, Oklahoma. I have the privilege to go down and teach at Dallas Seminary as well. And so you know, being at a church for 27 years, I mean, you, you meet with people who have a lot of different fears and anxieties, and I look at our culture and see what all's out there, and uh, these are just kind of things I've developed over the years, some of the main prescriptions I would give for people who are kind of struggling and feel uncertain about the times we live in and need reassurance. Um, you know, God worked in all of these in my life. These, these are all things that I've preached in, at our church or different places, all these messages that I have here. And they've, they've been uh, a great solace and a great comfort in my own life. So I thought, well, you know, since these things have helped me and helped the folks here in our church, why not, you know, put them down in a book and see if we can get them out to more people. I love it. That is oftentimes something I feel like that's overlooked as we talk about the end times is just simultaneously when all these bad things are happening, revival is still breaking out. And it's sure. exciting to see how the Lord is moving today. You have actually answered all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, no, the only thing I would add, really, and I always like to add this in any time I talk with someone, is just if there is someone listening and they don't know Christ as their Savior, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, the Bible tells us we're all sinners, and I pray that everybody who's listening knows that. I mean, we should, we should know it. We're sinful people. And we fail often. And, um, but the good news of the gospel is, is that God sent his son, Jesus, to come and die in our place, and he rose from the dead on the third day. And that by accepting and receiving him and what he's done for us, 
we can have eternal life and have our sins washed away. And you can have the assurance that when you die, you will go to heaven. You'll be with the Lord. And so, you know, it, it's very simple. You just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I know I can't save myself, and I believe Jesus is the Savior who died on the cross and rose again for me. And I trust in him and believe in him. Take him to be my Savior. So anyone who's never done that, that's what you need to do. That's the way you get prepared for the future and for heaven, because it's wonderful to know uh, for all of us where this world is headed and where history's headed. But the most important thing is for us to know where we're headed. And uh, you can know that by trusting in Jesus. So if you've not done that, just bow your head wherever you are and receive him. Take him to be your Savior. You know, that actually transitions perfectly well into the next thing I was going to say is we always like to close out by asking our guests to pray. Can you please pray for our listeners? Sure. I'd be glad to, yes. Father, thank you so much for uh, your love for each one of us and your watch care over us. Uh, Father, we thank you for your sovereign might and power that you uh, control this, uh, the universe. You control every nation. And, Lord, we can know if you control the nations of this world and you're orchestrating events in this world right now uh, to fulfill prophecy in the future, that we can know that uh, you control our lives as well. Uh, Father, we thank you that our times are in your hand, and uh, we come and we trust in you and we believe in you and we rest in the promises uh, that you've given to us in your word. And Father, I pray if there's anyone listening who's never accepted Christ to be their Savior, that they would do that. You say in the Bible that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I pray that many will do that even now. And, Lord, for those of us who know you, give us comfort and reassurance in these days in which we live. Give us hope. Uh, fill our lives with joy. Uh, Father, we should be happy, joyful people every day, whatever's happening, because we know you, and uh, we know where we're headed. So, Father, thank you for these, uh, the, the listeners, each one. Have your hand of blessing upon them. And thank you for our time we've had together now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for stopping by today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. God bless you and all your listeners. You too. Have a great day. Though Billy Graham's no longer here, his message lives on. There's a new TV special that looks at his commitment to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people all around the world. The new Billy Graham TV special is called The Message Lives On. And you can watch it right now at billygram.tv. Again, that's BillyGraham.tv. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.